says, This is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. Now, this weekend, the work of this weekend is to ordain a bishop for your congregation. And I don't know what all you think about when you read a verse like that. Um, I have heard people discuss this verse, and I think maybe I've even mentioned it already to someone that maybe this is one of the most puzzling verses in the Bible, that if somebody wants that, this, it's, it's good. And I think the Bible, the scriptures are there for a reason, and it's true. We want to get into some of that, but I, um, I do believe that there is a holy desire. There is a, there is a desire to do the will of God that can be used in God's kingdom. And that's the focus that I'd like to think about. <clears throat> you know, this morning, this subject, I, I thought about it. I, I, I wonder how, I'd like to hear some others, how they would handle this subject. I'm not sure how that would be, but um, I just, I have prayed about this message this morning. And, and I want it to glorify God. I feel like I'm going to be sharing a lot of things that is my experiences in life where God has worked in my heart, God has shown me things, he has, he has worked in my life, and um, the, the thrust of, the, of this message is, is maybe the blessings of it. And, and you know, sometimes it's easy to talk about the stresses and the, the hard things that come, and, and they're real, they're, they are there. But I think in my own life, I have tended to become lopsided. And, and that, maybe that will come out too, I'm not sure. But I, I, want to, I want to be faithful this morning in preaching what God wants and not the feeling of men, the feeling of man. You know, I told my wife that, that this message is a little like asking a teacher that has taught school for 10 years to speak on the blessings of teaching when the last three didn't go very well. And, but we can learn from blessings as well. And I, I think it's been good for me to help to ponder the, the blessings that we have. And <clears throat> here he says that he that desireth. And that simply means to reach out for or to covet, long for. And they reminded me of the verse in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 31, where, where the Apostle Paul is saying, but covet earnestly the best gifts. And I think that desire, like I mentioned, is a holy desire to be used of God in his kingdom in a way that can bless the people of God. And it... It gives the idea it's almost noble to desire this, and maybe that's just a little bit foreign to our conservative Mennonite way of thinking, that we don't hardly want to do that. You know, we, we don't volunteer to be superintendent or teach the Sunday school class, and that's, I, I'm fine with that. But have we backed off too far from, that's, that's maybe some ideas, some, some things to consider. I just remember innocent little boy that I have. And 
when he grows up, he wants to be a bishop. That, you know, very innocent. That's what dad is. That's what he is. What, that's the way it is. And there's no malice there. There's no ambition there. That's just, you know, that's, that's just what he is. And, and uh, he, I think he outgrew that now. But, you know, I thought about that. There's maybe a stigma that would go with that. And I'm presenting a, maybe an unbalanced side to it to maybe help us balance our thinking. That's some of my thoughts a little bit. <clears throat> Not too long ago, I was visiting with a brother, and, and he mentioned that he appreciated a decision that was made, and he, he was saying, you know, it wasn't easy. It was very hard. He was giving encouragement. And he just mentioned that he thinks that maybe we have twisted this concept of leadership, or he, he mentioned bishop, into somewhat of a negative connotation. This is what he was telling me. And he said, if something goes wrong, it seems to be the bishop's fault. But it, never, never mind when things go well. That, that, that's some things he was talking about. And so we, uh, I'm just simply saying that trying to understand this verse, we need to lay down some of those things. We need to look at it for what it is, that he that desireth the office of a bishop desireth a good work. It's, there's blessings in it, and there is a, there's a usefulness that can be used of God in this way. <clears throat> I thought it might be interesting if maybe we would give five minutes for all you brethren to come up and talk a little bit about this. I wonder if we could learn something from that. We could all learn something. Um, I'd like to turn to 1 Corinthians 12, and I want to read that this morning. It talks about the members and the body. First Corinthians 12, and I think I'll just take the time to read the whole chapter. I'm not going to comment on a lot of it. There's a few things I want to pull out, but I think it does give maybe a biblical perspective of how God works in the church and how he sets the members. There are different offices. There are different administrations. There are different responsibilities that we have. But 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Ye know that ye were Gentiles, carried away unto these dumb idols, even as ye were led. Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit withal. For to one is given the Spirit of the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. 
to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the selfsame spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, Because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, Because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body, as he hath pleased him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet but one body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular. And God hath set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers. After that, miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles. Have all the gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, but covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. Here we see that there are different offices. Um, Through the giving of the Holy Spirit, it's to profit everyone in the church. It is all part of Jesus' design for New Testament church life, as he set up through the apostles, the different offices, administrations, or responsibilities, and it is to meet the diverse needs of the congregation, resulting in unity because of the one Spirit. It talks about that in verse 11. One in the self-same Spirit. The body is one, it says in verse 12. And God hath set the members in the body as it hath pleased him. Verse 23 to 25, we bestow honor one to another so that there's no schism or there's no division in the body. And it's God, a picture of God working very well in a body that's, that's um, working together. <clears throat> well, back to our text verse in 1 Timothy 3, it talks the office of a bishop, it talks about a good work. It says it's a good work. Good meaning, it actually, if you look that word up, it actually means beautiful. Properly beautiful. But, but it's good, literally. It's literally good uh, and morally good. It's valuable. It's virtuous. That's what, it, that's what it's saying. 
that, that this work is good. And so this morning as we go on, I'd like to think about some of the, the blessings. And I have quite a, quite a number of them here, and I, I feel a little bit self-conscious about that because it's what it's done for me, and I guess that's my perspective. So um, I told Brother Steve yesterday, I hope I didn't tell too many stories, but I, I'll... Uh, the first one I have is this, the blessing of surrender. And we know what surrender is. Surrender is simply giving myself to the will of God. And I really did struggle with surrendering my will to God's will. And before I was ordained, that, that's been a struggle for me. Accepting God's will in my life. But I also want to hasten on to say that when I did do that, the joy that comes in knowing I am where God called me to be, and that brings peace. There's a blessing in that. There's, there's joy in that. I, I remember visiting with a man that was ordained. I had grown up with him. He, I'd spent some time, uh, well, he, he would have been upper grades in school when I was in school. So technically we went to school together, and we got to talking. He was ordained. We ought to talk about how life moves on and God calls people. And, and he said, he told me this. He said, you know, he said, I have been outside the will of God before and that's not enjoyable either. And I'm talking about the thing of surrender, how that there's peace, there's blessing in that. Just being surrendered to the will of God. It's so true that while we may not choose something for ourselves, that in that we can enjoy the peace and the blessing that comes in knowing that everything is above board, it's without question that God called to the work, and, and, um, and I know how to resent it. I have resented it. I, I, know, how, I know how that works in my heart. I, I know that that, what that does, and it's, it's not a blessing. It isn't a blessing, but, but I also know what it is like to surrender to it and accept it. And um, I am not here um, trying to hold anything up or myself up or anything like that. It's just the, 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 um, the experiences that I have. I thought of the verse where Paul says to not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn. And there are, there are blessings that come to, to those that work and it can be superintendent, it can be teaching Sunday school or a topic or whatever. There are blessings that come with that. And I want to emphasize that, that part of it. Um, and I think it's, it's, it's just fine. And I think it is proper that leadership enjoy the blessings. And if you're a leader this morning and and there are blessings, don't feel guilty about enjoying those blessings. It's okay. And uh, I think sometimes we hold back from that a little bit in our humility. And I, I, I'm not advocating pride in any way, but God gives us blessings to enjoy, and I, I think it's okay to enjoy them. We know that when good comes out of our work, it's not because of us. The credit goes to God. It's not because of me. 
And then sometimes we flip that around, where if things don't go well, we almost take too much responsibility on ourselves. And, and there, it's good to take responsibility, but good can come out of things despite our mistakes and our best efforts. <clears throat> Another blessing that, that has blessed me is helping souls to Christ. This one is a great blessing and encouragement. I have been involved in that, and the, the change that, that, that you can see from, from the time of conviction and until the, prayer, the sinner's prayer is prayed, and the, and the drastic change of countenance, and it is a joy, it's a blessing to help souls to Christ, and uh, it's, it's, a, it's an encouragement. I thought about the instruction for baptism as well. That's a a very. It's, I think it's a highlight. We just, we have just started that again at home in our congregation, and to, it, I think every time it just it it impresses me of some of the some of the eagerness that these young Christians have to take in and learn and learn of the learn of the. Um, the doctrines that are there, I remember especially, it's probably the highlight of, of all the instruction class, and it was, it was just one boy, and, and, and we, we were able to, to discuss things, and, it's, and it seemed like it was just a taking in, and he would put things together and, and, and connect the dots between doctrine and practical life, and it, it was just beautiful to watch that blossom out, and it, and it really did bless me. Also thought about helping people to biblical concepts, and this can be someone that and this is maybe a little broad, but maybe it's someone that that fell into sin, or someone that maybe just simply needs advice, and someone that needs counsel. Not that we hold up ourselves as the ones that have the answers, but we are called to shepherd, and we are called to counsel. And as we as we do that, um, and people take that on and, and apply that, the, the truths of the Scripture, these things have, have blessings when people respond to truth, not because it was my idea or my advice, but because they were heeding the scriptural truth that we're giving. Seeing firsthand the blossom of faith in the heart nudges someone to greater obedience and love for brethren. You know, a lot of times in church life, I, I thought about this this various times and, and the illustration of, I, I don't know if you've ever helped somebody that was in their pickup. They paid for the pickup. It, it was theirs. But, but they placed, you were placed back at the trailer and you helped them back up to the trailer to hook it up. And, and you told them how to do it. And, and they had control of the pickup. You only guided them. You only told them what you saw happening back there. But it was completely up to them what they did with the controls of that very powerful vehicle. They could ram the trailer if they wanted, or they could cautiously back up and make it useful and hook it up and and go do something useful if they wanted. You know, leadership's a little bit that way sometimes, where... We stand a little bit at a vulnerable spot where 
We give our counsel, we give our advice, but you are in control of your life, and you, you can take it, you can reject it, or you can harness the truth of God's Word and go and, and um, be useful. I thought about that illustration recently, that, that sometimes that's the way it is. And, and the blessings of seeing the, the harnessing effect of truth to power and how that can be played out in one's life. <clears throat> well, another blessing has been, a, another thing that has been a blessing for me is the study of the scriptures. And because of being called to preach, instruction class, being asked about doctrinal things, beliefs, you know, we've, I've had to study the scripture. It's, and, and not all the time do, do we feel like studying, but, but maybe we, we need to because the answers are beyond ourselves. Um, it helped me gain a better understanding of the Scripture, and I have seen how, how doctrine has resulted in people making good choices and false doctrine affecting people into making poor choices and, and becoming more settled in the truths of the Scripture and the Gospels, the New Testament, and the, and the teachings of the church. It has helped me. It's been a blessing. And I say that in humility, that it's... If we think about becoming more grounded in truth as we experience life and as more things come. Another blessing that's been a great blessing to me is the wisdom of other godly leaders. It has been very beneficial for me to learn to know other leaders and what they face and just to hear the wisdom that they have gained. And it, it is in it has inspired me, and it's intrigued me that that just listening, you can, it, it just seems like there's there's just wisdom there that you wish you could attain to, and and it's inspired me to con- continue on, and it's been a help, and and it's not only leaders. I think of other older men that I have talked to, um, and and beyond that, actually, there's been young men that have experienced things that have helped me. That it, the wisdom of other people that have went through things, it's been a blessing for me to to interact with that. <clears throat> I think of the friendships that I have made that maybe otherwise I would not have made. That's a blessing. Um, because of responsibility, we encounter other people that we meet. We make friends. And I think of a couple of ministry that I count them as my friends, personal friends, because of the, the close working and, that we've had together. And, and I, I also think about the, um, some evangelists that have come to our congregation and served that way, and we've kept them in our home. I think of two men especially right now that I count them as a friend because of that acquaintance. And it's a blessing. And uh, it's been an encouragement. It's been an inspiration to me. And this can help my broader perspective 
an outlook on life. And he's, it's even helped me become more grounded in what, what does and what doesn't work in, in administration in the church. It's valuable resources that, that I can receive advice and counsel. It's been a, it's been a, a blessing to me. Another, another one that I, I wasn't sure how to label this, but the call to sort life out. And I don't know if you know what I mean by that. And I'm not saying that I'm not still sorting life out necessarily or that I'm completely mature. But we were not married real long when I was ordained. And it, it really was pretty important that we figured life out at that point. It wasn't without bumps along the way, but the blessing of responsibility does give a different perspective to what's important in life and what's not important in life. I remember as a young man, it was very real to me that I wanted to make a lot of money. And I say that as confession. It was real to me. I, I liked money. I, I wanted to have it. And I had dreams of things that I wanted to do. But, you know, I think God had a plan, and he brought me to a certain point in life where I had to crucify that. And I had to expend my efforts into his kingdom, into what he wanted. Now, it's a continual work. Those desires don't just die overnight or die over the years. They're, it's a continual crucifixion. But I say that, that it has been a blessing that I was called to sort life out. And I don't know where I would be if it wasn't for some of that. God is faithful in other ways. And I'm not saying that you have to be ordained to sort life out. That's not what I'm saying. I'm going by my experience in my life. I also think about all under this umbrella of of sorting life out, that reaction to past authorities and past church administration. Brethren, we, we have to sort it out. I had to. And maybe we can look back and we can see inconsistencies. We can see how things were done wrong. But I'm telling you something, that when you're up here and it's your turn to do it, it looks a little different. And you, that's one of the blessings that I've had to encounter face on, is we had to sort it out. And the balanced perspective of spiritual view of church administration and of brotherhood and so on, and I am not saying that I am completely balanced. I am still learning. But that has been a blessing to, to, be, to be forced to do that. <clears throat> Reaction is very confusing, and it doesn't produce balanced scriptural views of church. And um, 
I remember one time I had a conversation with some with two brethren, and I feel like I just reacted to something. Nothing was ever said anymore about it, but I've thought about those things and uh, the impressions I left. And I don't know as it was necessarily wrong, but it was something that I've thought about since. Now, you know, I must sort life out. I, I've got to become settled on what is right, the, <clears throat> the best that I can. I thought about the blessing of the, how this affects a family. And, you know, I've heard sermons about how to do this, and I appreciate those things. It's helped me. That's a blessing. And my family is very dear to my heart. And I have struggled with this some. And sometimes we hear, maybe drifting in sometimes, that dad was gone too much. And I think you know what I'm talking about. But I did think about the effect this can have on a family can be a blessing. I think my children have friends that otherwise they probably wouldn't have. Friendships that are made. I think about the, the sacrifices that they possibly don't even know that they're doing. They, earn, they learn early on that we do these things to help the church, to serve the church. And maybe it's just a way of life for them, that it's just taken for granted. It's a blessing. The acceptance of the, of the work, the call, maybe we can use the word lifestyle, that comes with it. And I, I, I want my wife, Elena, has done very well. And to see that's been a blessing. Just helping the children understand that this is where we're at. This is, we accept this. And um, it has an effect on the children. I think it's been a blessing for our family. And not, not to say that if no one else has blessings. That's not my point. But the blessings that, I'm talking about the blessings that are part of leadership. And, and, um. So I think it's, it's okay to enjoy those blessings. <clears throat> Another blessing I, I have seen is when you sense the congregation respond to direction. And I don't want to be presumptuous this morning by saying that, but actually you're ordaining a leader If we are called to lead, it does humble and bless leaders to sense that people want led. Even when the leading was faulty and fumbling, the confidence 
that can grow and the relationship can grow in that whole thing, in the faultiness and in the fumbling that happens. The relationship can grow. And just sensing the respect to obey, even though it may not have been done perfect, this kind of thing really humbles and blesses your leaders. Friday evening, Brother Paul talked about knowing them that labor among you. And this is a blessing when someone comes and just wants to know how you feel about something. They really want to know how you think. It makes a difference to them, how, I think, how you think about things. I've been blessed by that, and I think of times when brethren have come and they have done that. And it's humbling, and it's, it, it is a blessing. And I would like to encourage you as a congregation to do that as well. It is really difficult for a leader to get close to suspicious people. And, but if you can be humble, go and learn to know the heart of your leader, it will bless your leader, and it will bless you too. I remember being newly ordained bishop, and we needed to vote on something at a brethren's meeting or some I think it was. And with me being new, I, I had a hard time understanding how the vote worked. And I, I think it maybe has something to do with just being under pressure and new. And it just, it, for some reason, it was a fairly simple thing, but I remember just sitting there just my mind was spaced. I just couldn't think. And finally, we gathered things up a little bit and proceeded, and it went fine then, but I just remember the kindness, that the respect, the kindness that people had. You know, I felt pretty small. I felt humbled. But there was a kindness there, and it, it blessed me as I... I realized that the fumbling that happens, that people still were okay with it. <clears throat> I remember working through the outreach process where we moved over to Montana and the blessing of the United Voice that was behind it and the security that that brought in the following years. Well, another thing is just simply encouragement. I labeled it encouragement. There's been many over the years that have encouraged me. The many phone calls, the notes that were written to offer encouragement. I even think of the prayers. At prayer meeting, it's fairly common for one of the brethren to mention the ministry in prayer meeting. You... You feel fairly small, but it's been a blessing. And, you know, the day we left to come up here, there was a brother that was needed to come and do some business there. And uh, he just said, he said, can we have prayer before you leave? I said, sure. So there we stood in the driveway and we prayed. That blessed me. 
That was an encouragement to me. Earlier this month, I received a letter from an elderly sister in the church that was writing to give encouragement and appreciation and support. And those things are blessings. They mean much to us. I remember years ago, after and especially working through a hard situation, someone gave us a gift card for us to spend when we, when we went away. Those are little ways that we were blessed and encouraged and thought about people that were thinking about us. And there's been various times when we walked out after church to our vehicle and we found boxes of things, food, with a note of encouragement in our vehicle. That's, that's encouragement. <clears throat> I'd like to turn to 1 Thessalonians 2. Nineteen through twenty. First Thessalonians chapter two, verse nineteen. For what is our hope, our joy, or crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? For ye are our glory and joy. The greatest blessing that I believe for the heart of a leader is to see faithful souls reach the other side of Jordan faithfully. Not because of necessarily our work or our ability, but because that's what we've been called to. <clears throat> I'd like to look yet at Second Timothy 1. Second Timothy 1 and verse 15 to the end of the chapter. And this setting is where the Apostle Paul was writing to young Timothy as a newly ordained bishop. <clears throat> verse 15 says, This thou knowest, that all they which are in Asia be turned away from me, of whom is Phygelus and Hermogenes. The Lord give mercy unto the house of Onesiphorus, for he oft refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. But when he was in Rome, he sought me out very diligently and found me. The Lord grant unto him that he may find mercy of the Lord in that day. And in how many things he ministered unto me at Ephesus, thou knowest very well. Some of the most discouraging things that a leader can can face are those that turn away from the truth and turn away from him. Paul said this here in these verses. In fact, he told Timothy, you already know this. But he was encouraged then by Onesiphorus. And I started out this 
message this morning by raising the question, if we haven't turned the office of bishop or any leadership into somewhat of a, maybe we can use the word negative, negative connotation. I'm not sure if that's fair, but somewhat of something to avoid, and and I understand I'm not here to say it is for everyone, but I know and realize that there have been unfortunate things that leaders have done in the church, in the church, but also believe that at times this has been used as a handle to not trust or maybe to even disarm leaders. Have we turned the biblical offices of the church into something that that is disdained? I, and and forgive me if I'm unbalanced this morning. I I don't want to be that way. I just, I think this is my subject, and I, I, I ask it as a question, and maybe somewhat subtly, maybe it's somewhat subtly, and you can see the contrast here between those of Asia, it mentions Phagellus and Hermogenes, you can see the difference between them and Onesiphorus. And Onesiphorus refreshed Paul. He stood by him. He met his needs. And it even says that he sought Paul out very diligently, and he found him in Ephesus. He ministered to his needs in Ephesus as well. The encouragement I want to leave with you today as a congregation is to be an Onesiphorus. We need more of those kinds of people. Today we have enough that forsaken leave. We have enough of Asia. Stand by your leaders and encourage them to lead. When they give direction, obey it. And you know, I've thought about this already, that there are many seminars, there's sermons, there's books even, there's lots of books that are written written for leaders. But what we need today is a teaching on following. Maybe we should start writing books on following. More people that will follow. You know, it's biblical that the church has leaders. And if the church has leaders, the church needs followers. And we shun that a little bit. We cringe from that a little bit, and rightly so. I understand that. But can you be an onsiphorus towards your leaders? Oft refresh the leaders. Often do it. Was not ashamed to be identified with them. It's okay to be identified with them. They're men. They're human. They have feelings. They care. Just identify them. Be a friend to them. Seek them out very diligently. <clears throat> Closing verses, Philippians 2. Verse 12 through verse 16. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. 
For it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Do all things without murmurings and disputings. Here's the reason why. That ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life. And then here is what will bless your leaders. That I have not run in vain and put your leader's name, Brother Jerry, in there. That Brother Jerry does not run in vain, neither labor in vain. Brethren, you have a serious calling. May the Lord add his blessing as we consider these things. And I trust that's our heart's desire.